What's up, everybody? My name is Carly. And my name is Ray. And you're listening to Coffee, Coffee and, and Cream. Cream. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee and Cream. My name is Carly, also known as Coffee. We are glad that you are back for our eighth episode of Coffee and Cream. Uh, today, we wanted to switch it up just a touch and talk about something that has... Well, not a singular thing to do with college. Not a man thing. <laughs> this is kind of the time of spring semester where every college student you talk to is tired of school. Tired Nobody of cares. All they want to do is graduate. So let's not talk about college for a week. Instead, we're going to talk about conspiracy theories. It's just going to be like two of them that we find very interesting. And by we, I mean one that Ray found really interesting, one that our friend found really interesting... And told us about, because I don't like conspiracy theories, but we're talking about them today. Yep. Hello again, people. Friends. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Coffee and Cream, of course. This is a podcast about the life experience of the lenses of two people while living it. See, I change it up because we're not talking about college. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was good. My name is Ray, also known as Cream, and I am so excited that you have decided to let our podcast grace your ears. As Carly mentioned, we have something cool and different planned for today's episode, so let's just get into our brews, and then we can get into the episode. What's been brewing in your life, friend? Um, nothing really. It's been a super long week. I'm also pissed at Ray, because he was not here for, <laughs> like, all of last week. It was saddening. I was also... Saddening? So... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ray told me I couldn't say titties, but I'm going to say it. I was titties deep in a pond... So, the housekeeper of our residence hall, her name is Kat. She is so cool. Kat, if you're, li- if you're listening, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, she has, like, a koi pond, and mm-hmm. she recruited me and Taryn to come get the fish out of her pond so some guy could make it bigger. I don't really know. And so I had on hip waders, and I was, like, in the water. Okay, like, mid-thigh, deep, and just muck at the bottom. Ew. And then just water. No, it was fun. No, I want a pond whenever I get a house. That seems like a fun thing to do. And fill it with little koi fish. The fat ones. Cat knows a lot about it. You should you should talk to Cat. I will. As Perfect. soon as I buy my first home. <laughs> Great. Uh, we went to Walmart again. Wow, when was that? Obviously. I don't, I don't remember. Oh, the day that you... Mm, oh. Thursday. That's right, yeah. That the was fun. The day you got back. Yes. And then... There's something else. Oh, we just came back inside. We frolicked in yes. the field thing. It's a really nice day outside today, and Carly is so caught up in her day-to-day that she never wants to sit in the sun with me. So, I okay. bullied her into doing so. Uh, Actually, I think I bullied you because I was already outside. Also, normally we don't have anybody in the room with us when we're recording, but Rachel is here. Rachel, say hi. Hi. Yes, Rachel, hi. the guest from two episodes ago. Yes, that's the only time she will be know speaking, her. I'm pretty you sure. love her. <laughs> yes. Okay, so for my brew, I, Carly kind of hit on it. I've been traveling a lot for, like, school things and outside of school things. I've been out of us. <laughs> I've been out of town a ton. Uh, and, like, as of Sunday, I hadn't, like, slept in my bed, like, in my room in this building. <laughs> Outside of, like, two days. He's been sleeping in other people's beds. I've been sleeping in hotel beds, for clarification. <laughs> He's for the streets. Um, and I, I wanted to talk about, do you, do y'all ever, like, travel so much? Traveling's supposed to be, like, relaxing, kind of. I mean, we have things to do, but also, like, getting away is supposed to be fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
I've been doing it so much that I'm kind of sick of it. I'm kind of, yeah. all, like, sick of having to constantly pack and everything. And, like, sleep in a hotel room. Although I do love hotel bedding. Yes. Don't come for me. <laughs> I like, like, day trips. Day trips are fun. That works for me. Day trips are better. But I, I don't see myself traveling much more in the future. Uh... I was at a beach type area <laughs> during one of my trips this past week, and I saw the sunrise on the beach. I woke up super early and I walked down there, and it was so nice to experience. I'm pretty sure I've seen it before, but like this time, I water think... or the sunrise or <laughs> the sun. <laughs> You're familiar. Uh, I also got some seashells that I brought back for my friends, but have not taken out of my backpack. So, um, <laughs> I went. Uh, we also stopped at a Bucky's for the first time. Bucky's, <laughs> I'm so mad at you. Bucky's is so fun, but it was also really chaotic, and I kind of didn't like it. But I feel like the experience was there. Like everybody wants to go to Bucky's. All my homies yeah. love Bucky's. Was it the one in Florence? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was. Everybody was there, and people were yelling and like screaming. I was like, "Get your kids in order!" But they I were grown people. Um, my Starbucks drink suggestion of the week is a dark roast coffee, preferably hot. I guess you can get it iced, too, with pistachio syrup. And that is a suggestion for my dad, if you're listening. Hi. Yes. Love you. Oh, yeah. No. He got it. He loves Starbucks. Not as much as me, but he does love it. That's where you get it from. Sorry. I'm I not trying to play footsies with you. I'm uncomfortable. Sorry. Okay. I think that's enough on us, or about us. We have conspiracy theories to talk about. Yes, we Ray, do. Ray, you have one that you have been excited about for, well, years. I knew about this one kind of previously. I've heard about it. I've never done, like, extensive research on it. But I am talking about the Denver airport today. So, a little backstory before I get started. The Denver airport, which was initially named the Stapleton Airfield after the mayor of Denver, who pushed the initial project through, but it's now Denver International Airport, was born on February 28th of 1995. So there are some theories that the airport was initially built by the New World Order. That's like one of the several theories that go into this airport. It was initially built by the New World Order, which that organization has a hypothesis that the emergence of a totalitarian world government will eventually come to be in our country. Perfect. <laughs> which isn't a good thing, fun yeah. fact. Um, and that group also has ties to Nazism, which is never the best look. There are also some that say the runways, if you look from above, like you're in a plane, you take a picture, that the runways resemble a swastika. <laughs> and I looked... What? And I, I encourage everybody, all these things I'm going to be referencing, please go online and look up pictures. <laughs> but it's kind of a reach, but I can see it. <laughs> I can see it. Um, there's also like a dedication marker, you know, like historical sites type dedication marker, like this site is dedicated, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. And yeah. it credits an organization called the New World Airport Commission for, like, building the airport. And that dedication marker also displays a Freemason symbol, which is a society often associated with the Illuminati. So, like, you're not even inside the airport yet, and you're already seeing these things. Wait. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my dad's a Mason. Oh. Dad, do you know things uh, about the world that I don't? Question mark? I mean, like, I... It says ties with the Illuminati. I'm not really sure what that means, but I don't... <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if it's necessarily a bad thing. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to him about that. Yeah, you should. And then we'll talk about it next week. But that's literally... Wait, do you think it looks like a swastika? I think so, yeah. Well, okay, the one that I have, it has, like, lines 
drawn in, mm-hmm. but I mean, I can see it. Yeah. But I think, like, if somebody was looking at it for the first time, that's not the first thing that they would see. No. Especially not if the lines aren't drawn for you. Mm hmm. Alrighty. So now this airport has gone through a lot of changes over the years, and it is seen as, like, a profitable hub of travel. It's, like, the airport in Colorado. Um, there are several conspiracy theories that surround this mass transportation center from aliens and underground tunnels to murals depicting the end of the world, lining the hallways. Uh, but the Denver International Airport seems to have it all, and I will go over some of my favorite theories right now. There's a lot, so just give me a second. (laughs) Perfect. So one of the most notable theories will be staring you right in the face as you drive up to the airport. There is a statue of a giant cobalt blue Mustang. A Mustang is a horse. Uh, with its two front hooves racing the air, like, it was spooked or startled or, like, rearing is the word? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's the word, okay. Okay, so this statue, which has earned the name Lucifer, Lucifer but blue. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. It, it may not seem weird at first, but as the sun begins to fade, passengers, pilots, and passerbys will notice the glowing red eyes of the statue, which is kind of weird. I, I don't know, glowing red eyes are usually associated with something evil, but I'll get past it. And... Maybe the glowing red eyes isn't what is weird to some people, and that's that's valid. I mean, like, if I saw it, I'd be like, hmm, all right. <laughs> but if you have a chance to pause the podcast, go look up a picture. Carly, are you looking up a picture? Yeah, I'm not pausing the podcast because, well, <laughs> we make the podcast. I yes. do what I want. Uh, oh, whoa. Yes. You mean glowing like that? Yes. It's the terrifying. First one. No way that's like... No, that's real. That's like... It's supposed to represent... Okay, so I read into it. The horse is like... I guess a Colorado thing, and it's the red eyes are supposed to represent the artist father who owned a neon light shop, but also I've heard that it's supposed to represent, like, the spirit of the West, like, the raging spirit of the West or whatever. I have a friend from Colorado, I'll be sure to ask him, because that sounds sketch. Yeah, so, like, it's weird, but also, people can get past that, but... The horse, if you, like, look at the horse in daylight, the horse just looks deranged. Like, have you ever seen a horse in distress, or, like, an angry horse, or a horse that's just gotten injured? I've, I've seen horses in my <laughs> life, yes. It looks insane. The horse yeah. sculpture outside of Denver Airport looks absolutely insane. It also looks like it's not fed enough, and I, I understand it's a statue, <laughs> but you can see his ribs. Homeboy is not eating. He's hungry. I feel for him. Should we fly to denver i actually looked not to that airport now (laughs) i looked at the costs of flights because i was like this is spontaneous by the way we me ray and rachel had a conversation until like three in the morning about being spontaneous Mm -hmm. and i was like this would be so fun ray would never do this because ray is not spontaneous but carly would rachel would what's in denver for you this airport (laughs) the horse (laughs) you get out you pet the horse you get back on a plane (laughs) I'd be fine with that. Pet the horse? Okay, anyways, continue. (laughs) Okay, so if the glowing red eyes still isn't enough, some report that the statue is cursed due to an accident that occurred during the installation when a piece of the sculpture fell on the sculptor, so the person who, like, commissioned the statue, severing an artery in his leg and killing him. He was literally killed by his own work. (laughs) Sorry, that's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, coincidence, maybe. Um, there are also some that think the glowing red eyes are reference to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I couldn't find much on that, because, I don't know. Also, as I was researching this, I was, like, nervous. I don't know why I was nervous, you know? (laughs) I get, like, uneasy about things like this, if if that makes sense. Anyways, the the glowing red eyes on that horse are scary, is what I'm getting at. 
Okay, so you get into the airport and you look, you just look up. You look up, you look to the side, you look to your left, you look to your right. You'll see murals on the wall and these murals are, they're like scattered through the, throughout the airport, which I, I like a good mural. Anyways, but the murals at the Denver airport are weird. So there are two that I want to talk on today. They were painted or commissioned by artist Leo Tanguma. And one is titled Children of the World Dream Peace. And I guess they're both called Children of the World Dream Peace. It's like part one and part two. And I'll get into those separately. But uh, like the horse, I would suggest you go and look up pictures of these murals because it's up to like interpretation. I guess you could find different things and different meanings for yourself, but this is what conspiracy theorists have theorized and what kind of, I can, I can see it much like the swastika. <laughs> um, so in children of the world dream piece, part one, there is nothing really weird about that one. Um, I think that it's just, it's just kids under a rainbow type thing, dressed in colorful clothing, they're like standing in a semicircle. The only weird part is that there is a figure in the middle of that semicircle, and the figure is on its side. It seems to be wearing a gas mask and is holding a, some sort of gun. I'm not a gun person. It looks like an assault rifle, though. Uh, and maybe that's weird. Maybe you're fine with that. But what caught me off guard is that the soldier doesn't seem to be alive and well. Uh, it's clearly laying on its side. It's like gray, grayish color, like the color of death, like the color of a ghost or something. You know, the who's the chick with the snakes on her head? Medusa. You know when Medusa, like, looks at you or, like, touches you or whatever, you mm -hmm. turn into stone? It looks like Medusa made eye contact with Homeboy, turned into a statue, fell over. She pushed him over, actually. <laughs> Sinner! Uh, yeah. So the soldier is, like, a charcoal gray, and the eyes in the gas mask are, like, pitch black, which kind of freaked me out, but I know it's just a picture. So, in the other part of the mural, Children of the World Dream Part 2, I'll call it, it garners, like, the most attention from conspiracy theorists and travelers alike. So this mural, unlike the last one, has, like, a darkish background. It kind of looks like the night sky. It's like a dark blue. And, and on one side, there seems to be a castle that's falling apart uh, in disarray, old and abandoned, if you will. Uh, there is a child holding a teddy bear sleeping on a pile of bricks. He's under a blue blanket. There is another... Are you colorblind? Is, he, is it blue? It's red. Oh, he's under a red blanket. Fun fact. I don't have pictures in front of me. Oh. Okay. Um, so there's another child in a blanket behind him, just like standing, looking sad. Off to the left, there seems to be a mother crying while holding a baby. And I'm not sure why she's crying, but the baby also doesn't look very alive to me. The baby kind of looks dead. It's like limp. The wall, like going around, it looks like there's people in it or like standing next to it. Uh... You know the Berlin Wall, how there was, like, you know, if people died, they just, like, pushed them in and, like, covered them with concrete? Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like. Oh, wow. But the weirdest part about, like, this part two is that the strange ghostly figure from part one, the one that seemed to be dead, is standing in the middle. He's standing in the middle, and he's alive and well. And he, I think he's angry, honestly. He looks pissed. <laughs> he does. Uh, so he's wielding his gun and his left hand and he is wielding a brand new shiny sword very big sword in his right hand and the artists seem to like paint the sword like a swooshing motion like movement motion is what they call it i think so he looks like he's swinging the sword and right where the sword would hit is painted a white dove just like your traditional dove if you're familiar but it seems like the figure is standing in front. He's like the forefront of all the suffering and violence that is happening to others. 
There's also like a letter painted into the bottom right of the mural. Not like an alphabetical letter. It's like a, a written letter. I would be able to see it, but this tourist <laughs> is in my way. It's big. You can see it at his feet. Yeah. So the, okay. Some theorists believe that the, both of these murals are filled with themes of Nazism, death, and an apocalyptic single government world. They believe that the soldier in the murals represent a Nazi wearing a gas mask, and that the letter in the bottom right, the one that you can't see, was written from a child who died in Auschwitz. I'm not sure how they gathered that, but yeah, it, but, seems, it okay. seems like a bit of a stretch, honestly, but that's what they think. I guess if you can read the letter, then sure, but yeah. I can't read I, it. Yeah, so I, I couldn't know. zoom in, so I'm, who am I to say? Um, anyways, say, say the murals didn't throw you off. Say you thought the murals were pretty, and you took pictures of them with your family in the background. You may find yourself feeling like you're being watched. And you are. <laughs> you're being watched by two gargoyles that are placed right above the baggage claim. Gargoyles are... I know a, what a gargoyle is. I know, but, like, nobody uses them in buildings anymore. Like, they stand outside of buildings, and they were used to ward off evil spirits, basically. Wrong. I have a gargoyle outside of my door. <laughs> <laughs> but Miss <His name> Ray. <laughs> but, yeah... There are gargoyles placed above the baggage claim, and they're like, they're like sitting inside of a suitcase type thing. It's like an open type suitcase, and the gargoyles are just perched in them. Um, these statues were made by Terry Allen, an artist, and they are titled Notre Denver, like Notre Dame, but Notre Denver, and they sit above the baggage claim. Uh, to some people, so having those looming eyes, stone or not, over them as they try to leave does not sit right with them. And rightfully so. Carly, she was looking at a picture and she said she wouldn't like that much either. Well, he's like pushing his cheeks back and he has his tongue out. I don't I don't like that when people do it. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I wouldn't want to look at that. Anyways, some theorists say that these statues are harbingers of something evil or nefarious. And the airport simply says that they serve as protectors of baggage claim. So... Right. Nobody is stealing your bags because, well, there are cameras in the eyes. I'm joking. Are there actually? No, I was joking. Oh, that, that would, would be, cool. be That would be cool. Uh, but finally, for this, like, plethora of theories, the most overarching theory is that Denver Airport is home to bunkers and underground tunnels that the Illuminati will flock to during an apocalyptic event. There are also murmurings about aliens and lizard people also being stashed down there, like everyone in there. Auntie, it seems. Lizard people. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Lizard people is the weirdest. Like, have you heard the lizard people running the government theory? Yeah, I just don't enjoy that. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but this theory seems to, seems to stem from the fact that the airport was like $3 million over budget whenever it was being built. And it went way over the expected finishing dates. And apparently there were a lot of like last minute changes to it, which happens. Like, that's a normal yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't think that's like something to be... <laughs> but... I guess yeah. people are like, they're digging. They have to be. <laughs> yes, of course. And why wouldn't they be? Exactly. But the airport did come out and say that there are tunnels underneath, but claims that they're used to transport bags, which doesn't seem too far-fetched. Like, that makes sense. My brother works as, like, the, you know, a bag boy, I guess. He gets the bags out from under the plane. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that would be normal, because they're, like, on the ground. That is normal, and they have to go through, like, the baggage claim system, and where else are they going to put that if not underground? Or, like, yeah. transport the bags from the planes? Yeah. That just, that makes sense to me. It makes sense to me, too. Uh, okay, so that's the end of, like, the theories part, the conspiracy theories surrounding the Denver airport. It's super interesting. Go read up on it for yourself, because, like I said, a lot of it is op open to interpretation, so. But one last note about it. 
I know the Hunger Games is getting popular again, if you've been on TikTok at all. Uh, I have not been. If you have time, Google Hunger Games uh, slash Geneva Airport Theory. It's really interesting. It suggests that the Hunger Games is based... Like, the capital from the Hunger Games is based off the Denver airport being, like, the most fortified structure ever. Anyways. What? I know that was a long and very interesting conspiracy theory that I know a lot of people don't know about, so I'm glad I could share it with you. But now we are turning to something a little more familiar with people. Carly, tell us about your theory. Okay, so mine is the Paul is dead conspiracy theory. (laughs) If I'm being completely honest, I had no idea that this was a thing until... Last night, actually. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> so, um, I guess, I'm sure my parents know about it. So, if you guys aren't familiar, there's this guy, his name is Paul, and he was, or is, he, well, a member of the Beatles. The Beatles aren't together anymore. He was a mem- member of the Beatles. But he may or may not still be Paul. We don't know. Oh, yeah, for clarification, talking about Paul McCartney, not just Paul, like your Uncle Paul. Or some stranger you met. At the airport. Right, at the Denver <laughs> airport. Anyway, um, sorry. Yes, we're talking about a very specific call. So, um, this started, like, the theory started in November of 1966, which, that's the year that I was born, in case you were wondering. <laughs> Girl, you're still in college? <laughs> yeah, it's been a long, long four years. Okay, so, according to the theory... McCartney angrily left the studio because he had an argument with his bandmates during some recording session for Sgt. Pepper? I don't know. It was an album. I don't listen to them. <laughs> Anyways, he left. On the way home, he was decapitated, question mark, and killed, question mark? Actually, heavy on decapitated, question mark, and killed, question mark. Because yeah. That, I mean, that's what that's what they are saying. Yeah. In a car accident, not just... no. Like, right. You not, know. Nobody, like... Cut his head off in yeah. public. This is not how life was in 66. And I would know I was there. Um, okay, so I didn't really understand why the whole car accident thing was like a big deal. But looking into it, Paul was reportedly in some car accidents around the time, like other ones. And according to the reports and like witnesses and stuff, he walked away from all of them. A last one of them. Every single one. So some theorists think that regardless of any actual evidence to support this... That the car accident is what, you know, killed our friend Paul. Um, So to save the public from grief, because at the time it was thought that the death of any member of a popular band would cause some uh, distress amongst fans. Mm -hmm. So they just, the surviving bandmates just replaced dead Paul with a living Paul, who was the winner of a McCartney lookalike contest. And what was it, like Beatlemania or something? I don't know what it was Taryn said it last night yeah I think it was like a it was like a during a time where it was Beatlemania I think it wasn't like an actual event it was like a time period where people were so obsessed with the Beatles yeah that they they would like they were like crazed fans almost yeah like if they found out about Paul McCartney dying I think they feared that people would start dying alongside of him okay so the winner of one of these lookalike contests is now Paul better known as Fall yeah, right. fall. So our friend last night was saying that these like people believe this theory to this day, uh, even though it's like there's no evidence to support it and it's been debunked because Paul McCartney as well. I mean, I guess I wouldn't know. I I looked up a picture of Paul McCartney. He seems alive and well with me, but um, <laughs> right. they call fake Paul fall, uh, fake Paul, false Paul, farce Paul. 
Pretend Paul. <laughs> I guess I would just be Paul. Pretend Anyways. Paul. That's funny. Um, my brother is trying to call me right now. Sorry, Darian. You'll know tomorrow why I didn't answer your call. I'm recording the podcast. Hi, Anyways. Darian. Um, okay, so this supposed look like his name is William Campbell or Billy. Billy Shears. Shears. Oh, yes, that's right. And he was brought on board by Britain's M15, who worried that the death would cause distress among the Beatles' audience. Yeah, M15 is like, I don't know, I think it's like Britain's version of the FBI, or like, counterintelligence. Yeah. Oh, Or like, national security type thing. Okay, yeah, Ray did this research for me, I'm just reading it, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I... I, I, I didn't look into Britain's M15 because, well, that's not my concern right now. <laughs> right. Um, so it was kind of assumed that people would start, um, how do you say this nicely? Unaliving, Unaliving themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. If they thought Paul was dead. So the story goes like this. The members of the band initially went along with the idea, but eventually they started to feel so much grief and guilt that they started placing like subliminal messages in their music and album art to tell the truth to their fan base. Wait, I have a question. Okay. So how, what, how did they do that? I'm not, I mean, you can only be so subliminal. Sorry. <laughs> do you know what backmasking is? I don't. Okay, so when you have a record, it was like putting a word or a phase in the recording that was recorded backwards, but like meant to be played forwards. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yes. okay, if you... <laughs> If the record, I don't actually know which way they spin, but if they spin clockwise, uh-huh. if you were to make it turn counterclockwise, it would play the message like, your breath stinks, you know, which it does, <laughs> so please go brush your teeth. Okay, that makes um, sense. Yes. So they were known for doing that in some of their songs at the time, so it's not completely odd to suggest this. Does that make mm. sense? Perfect. Yeah. Okay, so there are some examples that are commonly referenced when people bring up this theory, the biggest one is in the song Strawberry Fields Forever in the last section with the song being played in a normal order. So, like, forwards. Mm-hmm. John Lennon can be heard saying, I buried Paul. But later, Lennon said the words were cranberry sauce. <laughs> and <laughs> that that's just sus to me because I buried Paul, cranberry sauce. Girl, What? Heavy on what? And I'm going to be honest, I did not listen to this. I listened to the the one you're going to talk about later, but I, mm-hmm. I didn't listen to this one. Because I was researching it, and I was getting uneasy. I was like, Paul McCartney's ghost is going to show up in my room right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it was broad daylight. Uh, that just... I mean, yeah, it's definitely suspicious, though. You know the thing that it's like Laurel and Yanny or whatever? Yeah. That, it's like, however you think about it is what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. Street say, at least. I don't know. Anyways. Right. That's how I think that is, but I think he did say I buried Paul, which, that's fine. Actually, is it okay that he's dead? Yeah, now it is. Okay, I think back in the day, people just had, like, this weird outlook on how others would react. Which, I mean, that's, it's valid. People still react that way now, so, it's valid. Perfect. Um, in their other song, Revolution 9, if it's played backwards, Mm -hmm. the lyrics, number 9, number 9, number 9, Turn into, turn me on, dead man, turn me on, dead man, turn me on, dead man. Ray listened to it himself, yes, so. I listen. I listened to this myself, and it is, it is a reach. I mean, like you said about the Yanny slash Laurel thing, I think if you're looking for it, you can definitely find it. 
I'm yeah. Sure, like, if I listen to it, it just sounds like a bunch of words jumbled together. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to listen to it after this, which I guess that's not very beneficial. Yeah, I'll play it for you after. <laughs> Perfect. Um, at the end of the song, I'm So Tired, you can hear Paul is a Dead Man, Miss Him, Miss Him, Miss Him, when the song is played backwards. I also did not listen to them this one, but also sure. Suspicious. Sus, yes. <laughs> but I mean, if you want to send a message to your fan base, that's like, I think that's a really good way to do it. Heavy. Because no one, like if I'm not a real fan of the Beatles, which I'm not, uh-huh. I'm not going to go out of my way to like play their songs backwards. I don't care. Yeah, okay, so I was also reading up on that. A lot of people, the conspiracy theory as a whole didn't like start off strong. It mm-hmm. started really when somebody called into a radio station and told the DJ, who was like, when they had tracks they would actually play, he was like, yeah, play this backwards and see what they say. And like, a ton of people were listening to that radio station. And it was, I think it was the Revolution 9 song when it says, um, turn on me dead man or whatever. And people heard that and they were like, my goodness. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So like, a lot of people, I mean, you're not just playing backwards songs for, in your free time, but you know... <laughs> Yeah, no, certainly not in mine. Uh, so this could all be pure coincidence in that people were just talking a lot and just looked at the lyrics a little too hard mm-hmm. or listened too hard, I guess. I don't know. But I can see how it would have spread quickly through the fan base and the world just because what were y'all doing in the 60s? Like, in the 70s? I don't know. But, like, if you if you were a Beatles fan back then, you were a Beatles fan. They were really popular. Hmm. And during that time, so like, you—I mean, you would be listening, <laughs> right? Right, and I—I I won't be, but somebody else can do that. Get somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so on top of all of this, fans started to take a closer look into the Abbey Road album cover. This is very popular. I knew this was a thing. It's where they're like crossing the crosswalk. You're familiar, and if you're not, get out from under your rock, please. This is embarrassing. <laughs> um, so. Theorists looked at this album cover as a depicting of a funeral procession. Mm-hmm. Um, cool, I guess. But Lennon, the guy at the front... John Lennon. John Lennon. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's at the front. He's dressed in all white to symbolize some sort of heavenly figure, possibly. Yes. Star is dressed in black to symbolize the Undertaker. George Harrison is in denim, which represents the gravedigger. And McCartney is, well... The corpse. Yeah, he's the corpse. Also, I was I was looking at the picture, and I'm not sure if you've ever been to a funeral, but denim's not an acceptable thing to wear at a funeral. <laughs> no, but if you're digging the grave, I guess you can wear whatever you want. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so maybe it's a little bit far-fetched. But the other bandmates, unlike our friend Paul, have shoes on. Paul has no shoes on. Yeah. Not a lick of shoes. Walking across the street, which is dirty in itself. It's probably hot, too. Mm-hmm. Not a one. Not one. <laughs> He's also out of step with his friends. What do you, okay, question. Okay. Okay, what, is, what do you mean out of step? That seems confusing. Okay, so every member except for Paul has their right foot out in front of them. Mm-hmm. Paul is stepping out on his left. Yeah. Okay. And you said he wasn't wearing shoes. Why does that matter? I mean, like... If everyone else is wearing shoes, maybe he wanted to be an outlier. Right, <laughs> right. Well, that one is kind of a stretch, but in some cultures, some corpses are buried with their shoes off. Oh, oh. 
So I don't quite know what it's like, you know, over there. Over the pond? Yeah. I've never been over the pond, but maybe that's a thing they that's, do. That's weird, especially if you have an open casket. Hmm. Anyway, sorry. Have you ever been to a funeral? Yes. Oh, okay, the open casket's like half of it. No, some people do the whole thing. Ew! No. <laughs> if I die, this is for, I don't know who's going to be around when I die, half open. Actually, I, close it. <laughs> no, close it. I, you don't want closure? Well, who needs to look at my dead face? That's weird. That's the weird thing about funerals, but I know this episode is not about funerals, but I mean, like, you get closure, but also, at that point... <sighs> it's creepy to me. Anyways, it's creepy to me, too. Um, the most significant evidence from this whole album cover aspect of the conspiracy is that McCartney is holding a cigarette in his right hand. Would you like to know why that's weird? Tell me. Because Paul is a lefty. Oh, and we got him. Was a lefty, question mark? Anyways. Yeah. (laughs) So, if he is left-handed, why is the cigarette in his right hand? Yeah. You would smoke a cigarette in your dominant hand, right? I mean... I don't spend my yeah. free time smoking cigarettes, but yes. Okay. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay, that makes, <laughs> right. that is a bit suspect, actually. Because people mm. don't just switch up, unless he was like, I don't even know the word for it. You Ambidextrous? Have, yes. That's, okay, that could be a thing, mm-hmm. but also, a lot of people that are ambidextrous, they're good at certain things with certain hands. Like, I write with my right hand, but if I played a sport, maybe I would do that with my left hand. Right. Wait, you know? didn't Taryn also say, okay, when I was researching, I couldn't find anything on this, but our friend last night, she said that he started playing his guitar with a different, like, prominent hand. Yeah. Dominant hand, rather. He used to play with his right, and, and all of a sudden he switched and started playing with his left. No, he used to play with his left, all of a sudden oh. he switched and started playing with his right. He switched hands, and that's what's important. I actually don't have yeah, any I, idea. I couldn't find any proof about that. I, yeah, I didn't look too much into it, but some people say that. Hmm. Also, this doesn't really help his case, but at the time, McCartney had taken a solitude on a farm in Scotland to spend time with his family, which could be a convenient, very convenient, excuse for the band to train a new member. But at the time, Paul and his wife, Linda, just had a baby, and it was reported that Paul wanted to take a step back from the band and focus on his family. Hmm. So... I've seen sus. That that is really weird, actually, and convenient. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Um, eventually, the rumor just kind of died down, and as of today, Paul McCartney seems to be alive and well. If that's Paul or Fall or yeah, whoever it is, know. they're alive and they're they seem to be well. Yeah, well, but they're... my thing is, I had the same birthday as Paul McCartney, and all these years I've been like, "Ooh, birthday twin." <laughs> the only reason I know know that is because my parents have all three of us have this thing that it's like. Important things that happened on our birthday in history. How much things costed the year we were born. Stuff like Your that. Your parents are so cool. <laughs> yeah. And like, I was like, oh, Paul McCartney. He's such a cool guy. I didn't know that. I was like, yeah. eight. Also, uh, this has nothing to do with Beatles or Paul. But outside of that, there are also people who think Avril Lavigne, homegirl who was popular in like the early 2000s. She sang like grunge type music. It's like, it wasn't rock. I don't think it was rock. But it was, it, I mean, it was low-key some bops in there. They say that she mm-hmm. was replaced with a clone. But she, like... A clone? Yeah. Or, like, a doppelganger or an imposter. What? People say that for people here in the States, too. So. We'll have to actually think about that later. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's any evidence, but people say. But also, Homegirl kind of fell off after one or two albums, so. 
Hmm. Hmm. Anyways, whoever Paul is, whether it's real Paul or fake Paul, Paul, if you will, <laughs> they're alive and well, and, you know, I, I wish the best for them. True. My one question is, okay. if this is true and there is a fake Paul out there, is that fake Paul also married to Linda? And is he raising real Paul's kid? That I feels mean, illegal. I feel I feel like everyone would have to be in on it because Linda would know. Linda would know if her husband wasn't her husband. Which, well, I guess she would. Yeah, and also, you know how much like work and preparation it would take to train a separate person into being someone who is so like famous and everything has mm-hmm. a like noticeable and like you can pick out this voice from anywhere and like a style. You know how hard that would be. Very. I can imagine. <laughs> but if he just kind of inherited real Paul's closet. Heavy <laughs> uninherited. And but had like, pictures. I is, mean. Right. Maybe he looked a little bit like Paul McCartney, but also some plastic surgery was probably involved. Probably. Anyways, um, that is probably all the time we actually have for this week. <laughs> so, I'm going to be honest. This outline says I chose this episode. I don't actually think I did. I think somebody suggested conspiracy theories to us. And we were like... Oh, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> it just freaked me out, and I never want to do this again. Yeah, it's really freaky. Actually. Yeah, I want <laughs> to go back to talking about college. Um, anyways, it is important to take a step back from school sometimes. Just take a break. Do things that interest you or make you happy. Maybe not talking about conspiracy theories. We're going we're gonna to play in the creek tomorrow to make up for yeah, this. Yeah, I'm freaked out now. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Um, anyways, take breaks. Do things that make you happy. And... Maybe those things are conspiracy theories. And if they are, I'm glad we can make you happy today. Heavy, and who are we to judge? Heavy. Mm. Um, do you have anything to add, Ray? Yeah, like Kylie mentioned, I know sometimes life can get especially overwhelming, and, and that it is so, so important to take a step back and take time for yourself. For Carly and I, the semester is kind of winding down. The work is piling up. Finals are coming up. Don't say that. I'm, I'm sorry. They're like five weeks away. Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> Not too much. And to be completely honest, it can be really overwhelming at times. But what I'm getting at is that in any stage of life, whatever you're doing, it is important to understand when you need a break, and it's important for you to actually take that break, because burnout is real, Heavy. and nobody likes that. So me and Kylie kind of took a break from talking about college, because it's good to escape sometimes, and we Here talk we about something that freaks us out equally. <laughs> good, good, and the creek will make up for that, I'm yes, sure. the creek. Uh, cannot wait. So that is all that we have for you guys this week. Thank you all for listening to episode eight of our podcast i actually cannot believe that it's been so long (laughs) as always a special thanks to our friends and families for their constant support and finally be safe be smart and don't believe everything you read online guys heavy goodbye everyone goodbye